people of Earth. Give hope. I'm Marla. And, and I'm Willa. And we're back with more stories. Because we are the, the Gig, Gig Hose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you worked a lot this weekend, Marla. I know. I'm exhausted. This was one of those, this is a Memorial Day weekend. I do this gig where it lasts for eight hours. Uh. And, and that's not the longest one I do at this club <laughs> because July 4th, it's like 10 hours. Oh, my God. And the last half hour is... And I'm proud to be an American. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While the fireworks oh. are singeing my eyebrows oh, my because God. I'm yeah. close to it where everybody else is behind, like, oh, police no. tape. So the ash floats down. Well, it's just like it's right. You feel the heat. It's right in my face. But it's like everyone else is safe but me. <laughs> I feel like that's a song. Can you feel the heat? Yeah. There must be a song like that somewhere. Can you feel the heat? <laughs> Tonight. Oh, no. Tonight. <laughs> I like that we're always singing because any phrase, anything uh, on TV, like it reminds us of a song because we have so many song lyrics in our brains. If we donate our brain to science and they open up our brain, they're going to find two little reel-to-reels. But I know. Well, isn't <laughs> or that, that's, or... that's that thing I sent to you this morning someone sent to me, right? Dwayne's brain is 5%, yes. 5% useful thoughts. 5% chores, 90% song lyrics. It's really true. I know. I can't stop. And I yeah. hate myself sometimes. It's like... <laughs> well, my husband definitely hates me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the uh, program. <laughs> How does your husband take it? Can you, yeah, and, you know, I think I got him doing it now, too. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He's walking around singing, you know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about maybe talking about our out-of-town gigs. And uh, I thought of one ill-fated gig in Cancun. It was for a wedding at like a boutique resort in Cancun. So boutique meaning bad electricity, no air conditioning, <laughs> you know, tiny weird. Were you staying in a hotel? or We a... were staying in a giant resort hotel. So it should have been nice. If the gig had been at that hotel, we would have been oh, good. Oh, oh, but oh. the other hotel, the boutique hotel, was where the wedding was, which was down the road a ways and that was the one with no air conditioning boutique is the code name for i, I said quaint for yeah for bad no air conditioning yeah. and very bad electricity oh, it's quaint you yeah. sweat quaint droplets right. and this was in the time when uh sars remember sars it was like pre-covid one of those terrible yes sure. flu yeah so SARS was making the rounds in South America. <laughs> right. what, what year was that? Do you I remember? don't know. It was definitely the 90s, sometime in the 90s. So, you know, it was the regular crew. We all fly down there. It was for uh, Schmen Pames. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, you Schmen came up Pames. So <laughs> he sent us down here, and he had the brilliant idea to make my brother, who was the band leader, rent a car in Mexico. Like, instead of getting us a driver, because we had to get from the resort to the gig place. Right? I bet I want, I know why, because I considered renting a car in, in Mexico once. Was it really cheap? It that's was supposed why? to, it was like a dollar a day, but the insurance was uh, $50 a day. Right, but that's still cheap, right? Mm, well, no? it's not that it's cheap, it's just that right. it's normal, you right. know? Right, right. It was a very bad idea. You know, you have to drive on the other side of the road 
you know. Mexico's on the other side of the road? Yes. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, trust me. Yeah, I believe And, you. you know, my poor brother, he had a lot to think about already, running the gig and everything. And on top of it, he was driving the car. So we get to the resort, and they had a big disco kind of a place. And you can just imagine me and my brother and the bass player. Yeah. The drummer, we're all sitting there, and they're playing. Hey. Ham- hammy flaxel rod. <laughs> No, I'm not even thinking of the right one. It's, oh, no, that's it's, fine. It's... <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, we're all sitting there, and they're playing, hey, hey, baby, ooh, ah. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that was the theme all weekend. Horrible. And Hammy just thought that was hysterical. <laughs> and there was a sax player, guy from Maine, nice guy. But anyway, next one, we all pile into this van to go to the venue, right? 12 hours before it's going to start. And we figure, you know, we got to meet the sound company there. And we got to get set up. And we got to make sure everything works. We'll have plenty of time to come back to the hotel. Except there's a traffic circle in front of the hotel. And my brother, who's driving in one direction, and this flower truck or bakery truck comes around the bend. Oh, no. And the sax player yells, look out. So my brother stomps on the brakes. And he ends up hitting a palm tree and knocking it over. <laughs> God. So the gig hasn't even started. We haven't gotten where we're going, and now we got this whole situation. The police came and everything. Yeah, we had, and we, we had a promise that we would pay for the tree, which basically, uh, what did I say his name was? Plen Flames? I don't know. Plen Flames. Yeah. yeah. He had to pay for the tree, so that knocked out all the profit of the gig. So my poor brother was already upset, right? And then we get to the venue. It took four hours just to get the electricity to work. The sound company didn't show up for a couple of hours, and then when they did, it was just, like, impossible to get the electricity working. And there's no air conditioning. It's a zillion degrees. And it's just... No offense, but I'll never go to Mexico again for anything. Oh I've my... been there twice, and it's It was just brutal. It. it was brutal. And we were, like, exhausted. We had just enough time to go back to the hotel, shower, and change. And do the gig. And do the gig. And, of course... You won't be surprised to hear that the ceremony was on the beach, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's always a, f- a fun thing to yeah, and I had carry to, your stuff through sand. And the precarious electricity, I had to run it to the beach, and it was turning on and off. You know, it was just horrific. I mean, now they have all these amps that have batteries, but then they did not. Yeah, I used <laughs> one of them today. The one you recommended, that Bose, that little, so Oh, yeah? Good. Instead yeah. of the S1? Yeah, the S1. Anyway. Oh, right, the bows, right? Yeah. I'm thinking of something So else. the gig happens. We drag our asses back to the hotel. We get up the next morning. I did. Were you th- flying out the next day? Yeah. And Thank you God. know me. Did I swim? Yes, I did. Oh. I swam a mile the day before, and I swam a mile the morning after. I got up at like 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then when we get home, me and the drummer had SARS. <gasps> yeah. We you were sick as dogs for like 10 days. You know, the fever, chills, the sweats, the there was no, packing. There was no um, vaccine. No. So that was Mexico. And yeah, the drummer and I were like on the phone with each other for like the next week, commiserating while we hacked and coughed and sneezed. And That's uh, a drag. Ah, it really sucked. We did a gig in Thailand, and I know some people came home with the... Uh, 
the Hershey squirts, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, you try to not to drink the water, but if you have anything with ice in it, you're drinking the water. That's right. right. And if, you know, we were in Thailand for five days, it was just interesting. I mean, there's everybody's cooking food out on the street, mm-hmm. you know, and there's stray dogs walking around. We did a gig for, um, a, I think it was Digital Computer. I mean, it was a great experience, but I remember we left at 9 o'clock, and it took 23 hours to get there, yeah, which... Yeah. And we were having, like, hallucinations. <laughs> and, like, you know, I mean, like, the very last leg of the trip was a bus ride for an hour from, like, where the airport was to where we were playing. And also, at the time, in the 90s, that you were allowed to smoke on planes. Oh, yeah. And on the trip to Japan from California, uh, there was a guy that kept coming to the empty seat in front of me and having a cigarette every half hour. Oh, because you were in the smoking section? No, there uh. was. it just wasn't even a smoking. Uh. You could just have a Wherever. cigarette. Yeah. yeah, It was the most insane thing. And then there was a kid behind me that was kicking my chair for nine hours. And yeah. when I said, you know, your kid is hitting my chair with this. Oh, he liked to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you going to do? You know? I, I just want to... It wasn't a gig, but... Um, my family, we went on a, a trip to the Greek islands, and we flew... I remember that. Yeah. So we flew to Hamburg, where, of course, we were on a layover for, like, an hour, and my brother had to make sure he went and had a hamburger, because, you know, we had a layover in Hamburger, and that's how his brain works. But anyway, <laughs> the last leg, which was from Hamburg to Athens, it was like the Seinfeld episode, where he's in first class, and you're... The oh, yeah. Because I ended up sitting next to this lovely woman who's a retired teacher, and we're talking all about John Milton and done, you know, poetry. And and my husband, meanwhile, has this three-year-old behind him <laughs> kicking the seat the whole way, and he just keeps glaring at me across the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, then, honey. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. You know. Okay. I will tell I will tell the story of Vermont. Um, we had a gig. This is a different band. It was a, it was a tent party in Vermont in November near Thanksgiving. So I have to say right away, what kind of an idiot has a tent party in November in Vermont? There's a lot of idiots. I know. <laughs> anyway, the winds were whipping at 60 miles an hour on the way up there. It was cold. It was in the 40s. And I get there. It's a big, substantial tent, but it's still cold. And it was six hours. And, the gig, right? Yeah, and like always, you know, me and the sax player, we had the first two. You know, usually the audience, the sax player, will play flute for the ceremony, and then we'll play the cocktail hour, and then... So my fingers were freezing, and, and to get to the ladies' room, I had to go outside of the tent and around the corner of this other building, and, like, as often as I could, I was running over there to run my hands under hot water because it was so cold. I've done that. Yeah. yeah, and meanwhile, the wind... Is like that other story I told about being on the beach at the Crescent Bay Club. The wind is sucking the tent up into the air. And right. like uh-huh. it's got this draped top. Yeah. You know, like a harem. So it's going like this. <laughs> right, as it's coming rising and falling. And they had these metal struts going horizontally holding the tent in place. But by the time the ceremony's happening, the guy's playing the flute and me, and those metal rods are like, while you're vibrating. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and okay, so that ends. Now the co- we're playing the cocktail, and now the rest of the band is showing up, and, and they're all looking, giving us the hairy eyeball, giving the tent the hairy eyeball, giving the band leader the hairy eyeball, because now one of the metal rods falls out of place. Yeah, it's dangerous. The whole yeah. thing could fall down. Right. And uh, me and Jeff were just playing. The bass player said to me, Larry, God, Willie, you're such a pro. You were just like full steam ahead. So we get to where dinner's about to start. And the uh, and they were making 
the food in this other barn outside the tent, right? So the woman who's running the party gets on the mic and she goes, well, you know, we've been watching the weather and it looks like it's only going to get worse. So we're going to move the party. We were outside of Manchester. We're going to move the party to the so-and-so inn in Manchester. And by now, you know, it's really deteriorating. And the caterer says to us, leave your equipment, come back from there. I'm not leaving my equipment. Are you crazy? You know? Yeah, so it'll blow away. Or get knocked, you know, crashed on by the... Of course, of course, it's ridiculous. So, of course, our cars are parked a quarter of a mile away somewhere. We got to find them there in some field in the pitch dark. We got to find our cars, get them there, get our gear in there. What a nightmare. Really? So now we get to the... <laughs> the new place. The new place. And we lost two people on the way. <laughs> they were like, screw it. I'm were they going ever home. found again? <laughs> no, they just went home, you know. They went home? Yeah, they went home. <laughs> One of the singers and somebody else. Can't remember who. They just went home. They just decided they'd had wow. enough. Yeah. Even though he'd gotten us these lovely accommodations in a Motel 6 two hours away. I guess because it was Thanksgiving weekend, maybe, and that was cheaper. So at the end of the gig, we had to drive like 100 miles and the, down these winding roads for two hours. Great. But anyway, so we get to the new place. It's like a regular hotel, like a Hilton or something. I mean, they have an area that's like obviously the ballroom that they make by pulling various doors together. So they got a big ballroom. And by the way, we're all starving because now it's like, whatever, 10 o'clock at night, right? And you haven't eaten for a no. long time. Right. And they're all uh, they're all in the tavern part, the guests, and me and the sax player are playing there. But here's the best part. Here's like the punchline. So, so I've already set it up once, broken it down once, put it in the car once, and now I come to this new place and i got to get it out of the car again and drag it to the new place to set up in the new place, right? I'm coming through the vestibule and here is a guy, a young guy in a tux, wearing the, the Italian loafers without any socks. He's yes, that guy. Yes, got it, got it. This is the conversation I'm going to do with Bob Newhart. Yes, I understand, but I don't think you understand me. What I'm asking is how many pizzas can you make? No, no, I don't want a pizza. I don't want a couple of pizzas. I want to know how many pizzas you can make. How many? I want to buy out your entire stock of pizzas. Can you make 100 pizzas? I want 100 pizzas. Can you deliver them to the blah, blah inn? This is, that, was the, that was the wedding food. That was the food. And that's what happened. They delivered like 100 pizzas or 50 it pizzas. It was probably whatever. the better food they ever had at a wedding than well, they could have had. Well, I don't know about had. that, but the pizza guy was certainly happy, I'm sure. <laughs> he has a story to tell. Oh, yeah. You know, It was just hilarious. He's going to have a podcast called Pizza Hose. <laughs> So the best part of the gig, of course, was the next morning when we all met in some diner near the Motel 6, which was a really weird Motel 6, too. It was like, it was all like, like bright primary colors and geometric shapes. It was so weird. It was like being in an Alexander Calder painting or something. But yeah, we all met at the diner the next morning. And, and shared the stories. Oh, yeah, we just did this, what we're doing. So that was my Vermont in November gig. Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I have, like, a good um, out-of-town gig to tell. Oh, good. You know, that doesn't happen often, but... Um, oh, you we, mean one that was fun? Yeah, one that had a lot of good stuff happening. Okay. Well, we went to uh, Hawaii for two weeks. Ooh. For two weeks on the Big Island, mm. which was amazing. Um, I, I fell in love there. I was oh, going wow. out with somebody when at that time I came home, but... Uh, they gave us each our own two-bedroom condominium to stay in. Like Holy cow. Full kitchens. <laughs> they gave us three cars to rent. Wow. Um, 
and, it, and we only worked like six days out of the two weeks. Oh, my God. So I went snorkeling. We saw an active volcano. Wow. You know, it was really an amazing gig. Was and this like a corporate gig? Yeah, they were all corporate gigs when mm. we did them out of town. Um, and oh, wait. We audience, played. audience, the corporate gig. The corporate gig well, the, is a different animal than the wedding. Yeah, they bring people in from all over the world to this one location, like Digital Computers, or I forgot the, the other company in Hawaii. And then they, we did, like, the outdoor thing and then the, the formal thing right. on the second night. And then the second shift of employees comes in. I mean, that's just how much money right. corporations can... Well, they used to. They don't do that anymore. Well, they sometimes do. I did a gig in Palm Springs. Um, well, how, when? In the 90s? No, no, no. Recently? Within the last 10 years, certainly. And uh, it was for some diabetes machine or something. It was in February. Palm Springs in February. Very nice. It's not bad. Yeah, they had a show. The industrials audience, often they put lyrics to songs that everyone knows, like Can't Stop Believing or something, but they, they stick in the name of the company. Can't stop diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, 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 you know what? Oh, Zampic. You know? yeah. yeah. No, don't say that. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe they'll be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Y2K, I did a gig on Star Island in Florida. That's really high end, right? Yeah, yeah. It was only 100, 100 people. It was the top executives internationally for FedEx. They all got flown to this. To was, Star was Tom Hanks there? No, nobody. Fan- no, it was just the <laughs> FedEx people. But yeah, they flew us all down. No, you're missing the point. Cast, oh. Castaway, he oh, was ca- a FedEx. <laughs> Wilson, <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> I know people uh, are always yelling Wilson at Dom Eggs. Yeah. So that's <clears throat> nice that you had a good one. <laughs> yeah, and then I came home, and then I was involved with the bass player who I got on the gig after. For like another year and a half, I thought Is this I would the marry guy you him. Fell in love with? Yeah, I thought uh. I was going to marry him. Didn't, oh wow! Didn't work out. What he, happened, Mary? He wanted he wanted to live alone. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> you know, he wasn't ready. He, he, oh yeah. He was never ready. Uh, but yes. uh, you know, whatever. I told you when we met, I was no good. <laughs> I should have listened. You know, I had a crazy aunt. She was really crazy. I mean, clinically crazy. But she did have. One particular really good piece of advice. She says, you know those guys who say, stay away from me, I'm no good? You should listen. You should listen to them. They know what they're talking about. That's what she said to me. Well, it's true. They say people tell you who they are. You Mm -hmm. know, you just have to pick up the the clues. They might not tell you more than once. Yeah. Because I dated someone else, too, who said, you know, I'm not, I'm a little afraid of intimacy. (laughs) He told me that once, and that was our demise. Uh, You know, we should talk about onstage romances. That would be like two years' worth of episodes. (laughs) Audience, I think we're going to have to delve into that next time. Oh, sure sometime but i did i did have another one also whatever i called him pen 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 flames pen flames <laughs> yeah um he sent us on it they had seen us these people from ohio saw us do a gig on long island and they hired us to play the wife's 50th birthday party or something they were screamingly they were so rich that they didn't seem rich you know what i mean they were that kind of rich they had a farm in ohio and they flew us all out there and, and we stayed in a really nice hotel, and they were really nice to us. And uh, the thing I remember about it that was great is that one of the guests was Bob Seeger's keyboard player. So we were like, you want to sit in? And he goes, well, if you want to do all-time rock and roll, yeah, but I don't think I can sit in on anything else. Oh, sure you can. He goes, no, no, I know what I know, but you guys, I don't know what you know. You know, that is worth pointing out that Maybe sometimes people will look down on the club date musician in general, but 
they have a certain skill set. Yes, we do. That even uh, it's hard to compare, but like a big jazz artist couldn't do, we can't do what they do, right. but they can't do what we do because Definitely we just have not. like a, it's it's just like a repertoire thing and a, and a good ear, you know, because the songs are endless. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of gigs these days where I'm just asking for requests and they're very wide ranging. Even today, I played, somebody wanted to hear uh, Feel Like Making Love somebody by Roberta Flack. Somebody wanted to hear one of the old Beatles songs. Not I Want to Hold Your Hand, but something like that. It's, she um, loves you. One of those. Yeah. It's escaping me right now. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It's just... It could be anything. Yeah. And I mean, you and I, we can literally, and I did that today a couple of times, we can look up the lyrics and know how it goes in our heads, even if we've never played it before. As long as we've it. heard it, you just gonna, yeah. you just remember all the parts. Right. Well, last week I had different gigs where on one gig I was playing for a 90-year-old, so I had to play Glenn Miller. Oh, I did that today, too. <laughs> and then, like, the next night I DJed a gig where I had to play all Latin music, and I wasn't kind of, like, prompted to do that until I got there. Mm. Yeah, but it is. It's a completely specialized skill set. And that was kind of great that this guy who's in a world-famous band, Bob Seger, he was just in awe of what we were doing. The fact that we could go from, you know, Absolutely. Harry Belafonte well, it's nice to that he realized Beyonce that, to, yeah. you know. I thought of another one, our same band that went to Thailand. Um, by the way, and we opened for, no, we didn't open. Buster Poindexter opened for us because he was the headliner, of course. Oh, right, yeah. So you were the dance band after the act. I was right? the dance band after yeah. the act. And yeah. the funny thing is, there was somebody in his band that I didn't know, and that was the guy I fell in love with in uh, Hawaii. So it was, and I had oh, pictures wow. of him before I ever met him. Oh. Because I took pictures of David Johansson's right. band, you know, and wow. then it's like, oh, there you are. So um, anyway, we did a gig in Palm Springs. It was another corporate gig. It's just a short story because I don't remember much about it, but uh, it was the beginning iteration of a particular band I was a partner with, and um, the leader and the bass player got into some kind of disagreement on stage. Were they screaming at each other? They were screaming, and I think one of them like went to hit the other one, Ooh. you know? And then so... One of them like walked off stage, and I don't, oh, I don't remember how he got home. If he went on the plane <laughs> or he took, took another flight, because this was in California, you know. But that you can never do that on stage. I know, and yet people do it so often. Well, yeah. the the bass player, he was actually in the news about ten years ago. If you remember, the a one you fell in love with. No, 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 oh, no. Oh. This is different. Okay. There's been many bass so many, players know, passing too. through. There's a certain appeal about bass players. They keep it all together. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the news, he was on the news. Well, on the news about this particular guy, and I guess he was a troubled guy. Um, there was a story about a guy who had a big kitchen knife, and he was walking down Fifth Avenue, and. All of a sudden, there were all these cops that were walking. It was like a slow-moving thing because it was there was video of it. He was walking away. It was almost like he wanted to be killed. Uh-huh. And they ended up shooting him to death. Because you know? he had a kitchen knife? And... He, he was had a kitchen knife, and he yeah. just wouldn't put it down. He was, But he was walking I away. I that. Yeah. And you, this was the this guy? This was the guy that walked off stage. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, one time he jumped out of a window. There was a lot of, like, sad stories Oof. about him. But he was Yikes. so he was so good. Yeah. But that had that's, like, another aspect of it. You know, the most Crazy talented people, people yeah. can be, like, the most faulty, you know. And, yes. One of the most 
walk on the wild side e kind of relationships I ever had was with a bass player from a a friend of mine that was in a band and uh yeah that was <laughs> well what are you laughing about there well it was just out there you know because his personality no he he was he was kind of nice but he lived in the demimond i mean he would bring me to speakeasies clubs that didn't open until four in the morning you know one was like a chinese restaurant but at four o'clock it turned into a club between four and eight in the morning you know <laughs> and all kinds of wild stuff went on it was that. But I'm I'm glad I had that experience. Yeah, it's a chapter that, yeah. you, that you lived. And... Yeah, and I, I have to say, I kind of relived my teens and my 40s just because of the way my life went. So there was about this five-year period in my 40s when I was unattached and just living that wild life I had wanted to in my 20s but never got the chance. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean... You know, in the hospitality business, sometimes, you know, we've dabbled in other gigs. This might have even before I became a musician, but I remember, I don't know why I thought of it, but it just reminded me of it. I was uh, like a waitress in this, like, it was like a private club. I didn't know what it was. They made me put on an outfit, and then they locked my clothes in the other room, and I'm serving like this table of probably gangsters. Right. And then they, I couldn't leave once I realized, like, oh, uh, this is not what I want to be doing, you was know. Was it a skin, scampy? It, it wasn't scampy, like... Scampy, scanty. It was, a, it was a shrimp scampy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a scampy, okay. It wasn't, like, really that showy, but it was definitely in that... that Zone. Yeah, yeah, like, to be, like, the cute yeah. little thing. Just to give you an example, like, one of the clubs that I hung out with with that bass player, it was in, uh, like, on Lower Broadway. And I was so naive on some level because a lot of gangsters did hang out there. But it was all kinds of nefarious characters. And I was shooting pool with this guy. He had a very nice suit on, which was a dead giveaway right there. And uh, I was just making conversations. So I said, well, what do you do for a living? He gives me this look. He goes, I murder people. No. <laughs> he said, why do you want to know? And I said, no, no, no. If I tell you, I'll have to kill, kill you. <laughs> well, then, apropos of, he had to make a shot. Like, he had to lay his body across the table, you know, to make a long shot with the pool cue. Oh, yeah. And he took the gun out of his waistband and put it on the cigarette machine while he was doing that. I'm like, all right, I guess I know what this guy does for a living. Gotta go. Guy <laughs> didn't go. <laughs> yeah. You just walk away. My, my girlfriend used to play uh, piano in Queens at uh, Cafe on the Spleen. Oh, yes. <laughs> A lovely place. And, like, one guy... <laughs> I just realized what I said. No, I knew it before. <laughs> um, one guy used to come, came in and always used to ask for this particular song. And, like, mm-hmm. she had played it. He asked her to play it again. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't, like balking at doing it again and like she was friends with the bartender and the bartender said play the song they're murderers (laughs) (laughs) they're murderers (laughs) well i know uh who told me somebody told me oh yeah my husband knew this woman who was a waitress at um a particular catering hall in howard beach Howard Beach, then you know, tip off. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We know. Yeah, but she she told him that when they had party, they would all have to sit with their backs to the walls. Like she'd have to. So nobody could pull a gun on them. That's right, unaware. So yeah, they'd all the tables would have to be set up very specifically so everyone had their back to a wall. Yeah, <laughs> let me play that party. <laughs> And you don't, and sometimes you get hard. You don't know, like, right. what you're walking into. It yes. could be anything. Yeah. 
You know? So true. I so mean, true. I worked last week. I was in Newark. I mean, it wasn't a scary place, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm working in Newark. I, I don't know where I'm going to be. And it was okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you just don't know. We have a gig up in Cambridge in a week or two. We'll see how that goes. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge, Massachusetts. I know it's not Hawaii, but it's... Uh... Well, that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, it'd be nice to go to Hawaii. That's why we do this gig in Florida, we borrow, you know. Oh, yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, so yeah. just to yeah. get out of the cold for a little while, you yeah. know. So we do have that option. I mean, you can't be a secretary and barter, you know, <laughs> and go to a hotel, so it's yeah, one of the benefits. That. Yes, you know. In the very beginning of my career, as I was getting broken in to the... That sounds like you. <laughs> like a, a pair of jeans. Or a horse. <laughs> or a horse. Ride her until she breaks. Well, it's true. I mean, when you think about it, like in the very first club date, they broke me in for six months. It was pure hell and oh, torture. Yeah. I sat with a guide for a good long time like that. I would go to the gigs, not get paid, not play, just sit there and write down every song he played. Well, see, but I had different... Experience. Yeah. I just got put on the gig, and uh, I had to figure it out for uh, six months. On the gig, and it was horrible. Were you getting paid? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't do. It, well, there's know. that. Yeah, that. But it was pretty. You know, the PA was a guitar amp. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be get screamed at for not knowing the songs uh, that yeah. they never told me I had to learn. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm. But anyway, back to uh, the first gig I did was at the Concord Hotel, and it was a great like break in. There were other bands there, and there was a lot right. of different levels. Erskine Hawkins, I think, played there. At that point, was it still, like, grooving, was, or was it past its prime? No, no, no. It was when it was in its heyday. Right. And I, but I, I was hired to work with a guy named Artie Narvez. I'm I love sure. it. And he was a raging alcoholic. Oh, perfect. He was the nicest guy. <laughs> <laughs> they always are. <laughs> yeah. Until they're not. And, yeah, he just would really get very drunk. But it was kind of cool because it broke me in. I'm doing mm-hmm. hot stuff and right. whatever. We're still doing hot stuff, right. unfortunately. Yeah, I know. God, ain't it the truth. <laughs> yeah, but I remember just being away, and they gave us, like, a little employee room, you know, that's this depressing little room, you know, where the paintings are, like, screwed into the wall, and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, you get to eat in the employee cafeteria every right. day, but it's, uh, you kinda know. Kind of crummy. And that's all you have to look forward to. I mean, I was there for over a month. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think, I, uh, I don't know if I want to include this in the um, podcast. This might be edited out. But, okay. Uh, but um, I remember being so happy when it was finally over that I <laughs> in the car on the way <laughs> Right before the toll booths so on the Whitestone Bridge. Oh, my God. Good for you. I, too, have <laughs> in the car. You know, it was just like, oh, I'm so happy to be out of there. It was so, it was so hellacious. Can't we leave it in? Maybe. That's what he said. Oh, maybe we should really leave it in. Great. All right. I think we're up to credit. Now the world we? knows that. Well, you're not alone. Uh, a, all right, should we try and sing Credit of the Week? Okay. <laughs> okay. Credit of the Week. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I think it's it's your week, Marla Jo. What do you got? Okay, well, going through the 80s and 90s, I, I actually landed a little dance record deal on Emergency Records. Emergency Records. It was the same label that Shannon, Let the Music Play. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that song. And um, there was someone else, too, Nolan, someone. Um and anyway, um, 
I had done the track with uh, Lenny White, the jazz drummer, and Alan Palanker, great keyboard player. Mm -hmm. We wrote the... A.K.A. Al Palace. Al Pal, Al Pal, <laughs> great keyboard player. And mm -hmm. this was, uh, he was part of the club date band I was in. And just, um, we did a track at Lenny's house. He used to live in Laurelton, Queens. And oh, wow. I put um, lyrics and music to this really good track, and we sold it. And um, it was only marketed as a dance record, mm -hmm. but it got really nice reviews. It didn't make it as a dance record; it was a pop record. Right. But you know, I right. had I had a record out, and I was supposed to do a second one, and then that didn't happen. But uh, but it was nice. It's on YouTube. It's called Hard to Love on Emergency Records. H A R D. On H A R D. Hard, Hard to, to Love is about uh, one of my boyfriends. He was uh, Hard to Love. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he, he was ridiculous. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, it was a nice credit to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I heard it in a club. The funny story is because they pushed it as a dance record, they send it to all the DJs. Sure. So I'm at, like, this club in Roslyn, Long Island, and I, I get the DJ to put it on, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, everybody sits down. Oh, God. <laughs> so it was like all my uh, hopes were dashed at yeah. that moment, you know. Oh, but, that's, um, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Well, you know. It's part I, of part of the record business, yeah, you know. You get your little shot, and know. you know, it doesn't last forever. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good I record, know. though. If you want to check it out, hard yeah, to I love. Yeah, I mean, just getting getting to Marla Adler under get, my real name. Oh yeah, cool. That too. Yeah. Getting just getting to work with in a professional situation with professionals who really know how to record and like creating oh, yeah. a track, all that. It's very exciting, heady stuff. Well, it was remixed by Mark Liggett, the same mm. people, you know, mm -hmm. that did Shannon. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. Cool. Herb Pump Powers mastered it. I mean, like, his name was always on all the right. dance records. And, uh, yeah, so okay. we all we all try. All righty. So until next time, uh, audience, may your gigs be plentiful. May your GPS signal. signal. <laughs> Blah. I'm tired. Never falter. Okay. <laughs> Your heart's love When you go You never leave behind A word that shows That you're thinking Little things That you don't know how to say Deep inside I think you really miss me You don't show How much my love will be to you To hear the full song, follow the link on the Gig Hose Facebook page. The Gig Hose podcast is produced and recorded by Marla Joe and Willa Basson, also known as the Gig Hose. Thanks to Jeremy Goldberg for opening voiceover. <laughs>